Lord, indeed you reign forevermore. And we thank you for your faithfulness towards us. Bible said that blessed are they that have been called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. Lord, any invitation into any agenda of the kingdom is for our advantage. And so calling us into this solemn assembly of fast, Lord, is for our advantage. And Lord, we do not assume it as a burden, but we assume it as a privilege. Because we know that after every sacrifice comes another level. And therefore we pray that tonight being the night of day number one, you endure us with grace and strength from on high for the next level in Jesus' name. Let every intention of our hearts, Lord, be channeled towards your will. And let your purposes and your plans concerning our lives come to pass. We subject our passion. We subject our desires. We subject our mindset. We subject everything of ours to you in the name of Jesus. And submit everything under your authority and under your lordship in the name of Jesus. And we say through others fast, take over, take over, take over, take over, take over. Blessed and mighty name. Somebody shout me a believing amen. Let's take our seats in heavenly places. put your hands together for the goodness of the Lord. Amen. What a blessing to be alive and to be part of these eight days. You know, ladies and gentlemen, every time God calls for something or any time we elevate or we subscribe to a spiritual demand, understand that it is to change our levels hallelujah and within these eight days the lord is going to change our levels online and in-house i want you to believe it amen i mean i personally for one i have never encountered a fast that the lord called or that the lord laid on my heart and i remain the same no every time i go through a fast that the lord has called something changes hallelujah you see, you must understand that in life, life is like a ladder that we are climbing. 
Now, you got to always move from one rank unto the other. Hallelujah. Now, one of the reasons why you have to move from one rank unto the other is because somebody has to occupy where you are now. You see, sometimes we think that, oh, I mean, sometimes we are complacent, you know. Uh, I think I'm okay here. I think I'm okay here. You are not okay there because somebody got to be there. You see, you must advance for somebody to also come there. So, in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 1, it, it promises to be a beautiful night. I want to believe God that within the next 30 minutes, you go, I'll finish and then we will pray. Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse number 6. These guys had been at Mount Horeb. They had enjoyed all the blessings, the shade. They were walking in the wilderness and then, but they were going, they were not supposed to be there. They were supposed to get to the promised land. But here they were, they got to Mount Horeb. Mount Horeb had Mount Horeb had all the trees, all the shades, you know, it has some water over there and then it has some kind of um, um, veggies over there. So they were so happy and the Bible said that then the Lord spoke unto us in Horeb and the Lord said, you have dwelt long enough in this mountain. Can you help me tell somebody you have dwelt too long here? Tell the person that avoid being complacent. Because you have dwelt too long here. It is about time you change levels. Come on, tell the person. Tell, you see, this is this, what we, we are not just talking, we are prophesying. Okay, tell the person you must change levels. Hallelujah. You see, when you remain at the same place for a very long time, chances are that your enemies will know all your weaknesses and they'll be able to overcome you. The only time that the enemy cannot know all your secrets and all your weaknesses is when you keep changing level. Because here, because you see, the thing is that every level has its own unique enemy or attacks. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, before the Lord called me into full-time ministry and I was doing lay ministry and then working, I had my level of challenges, I had my level of enemies. I mean, the attacks that the, the enemy will bring, Satan will bring. But now that I am um, 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 in full-time ministry, my level of attack has changed. Certain things happen. I say, hey, I never knew that the enemy was like this. Hallelujah. Because with every change of level comes new challenges. Praise the name of Jesus. And that is why, ladies and gentlemen, at any point in time, you must always know that you cannot stay there forever, wherever you are. You see, because, some, number one, because somebody got to be there. Yeah. And you can't occupy the place forever. So they were there and the Lord said, you have dwelt too long here. You are too comfortable here. You need to change levels. For the first six months of the year, wherever we were, it, we have dwelt too long there. Six months is enough. Tell somebody six months is enough. And tell the person that you got to change level. And I'm talking about changing level spiritually in order to reflect our physical change of level. You can't change level physically except you change level spiritually. Because everything that will happen physically must first have taken place spiritually. So we gear towards changing level spiritually. And you see, that is why this fast is so very important. Of course, you cannot change level except the Lord begins to work something in you. You see, because... Where you are is a product of what is in you. Where you are is a product of, where, of what is in you. So if you got to change level, then what is in you, your content need to change. When your content changes, 
then your disposition also changes. And ladies and gentlemen, it will interest you to know that when you change level, you realize that the obstacles that you are dealing with today, they will be nothing. Because, Mr. Baker, do you know that your position determines your obstacles in life? When you are on the ground, anything that is also on the ground can be an obstacle. As I'm walking right now, this chair in front of me is an obstacle. Okay, But when you are driving, the chair that is supposed to be an obstacle when you are walking is no more an obstacle. Is that right? Yeah, because the car can just, you know, just boot it somewhere and then there you go. Amen. So, when you are also flying, uh, now when you bring a car, the car cannot be able to go through this building. At this point, the car will be, I mean, the building will be an obstacle to the car. But when you are flying... Sometimes a very huge building, maybe a whole stadium, and it would look like a dot. Do you understand? So your position determines the obstacles you face. That is why you got to change level. If you don't change level, there is no way you'll be able to overcome that opposition. And it will keep on flipping you over, like the way they flip houses and sell. The enemy will flip you over and boot you onto another demon to torment you. You know? But... When you come to the place of desiring and wanting to change level, then at the end of the day, your content changes. And at the end of the day, you begin to overpower the things that are otherwise oppressing you. And I'm talking to somebody here who after these eight days, the things that have been overcoming you and I, we will overcome it in Jesus' name. Praise the name of Jesus. So today is just day number one. And you see, in the process of these eight days, one of the things that the Lord is going to do is that the Lord is going to break us. And then the Lord is going to, see, the Lord is going to do spiritual surgery on us. Yeah. The Lord is going to break us. Because there are certain things we can't carry them to the next level. No. No. As long as they be there, we will not be able to get to the next level. So when the Lord came, and then he spoke to them. Now look at verse number 7. And the Lord began giving them the definition of their boundaries. He said, he said, you have to turn and take your journey. Okay? God is not going to do it for us. And that is why we are fasting. To turn and take your journey means that you got to take a drastic decision which would demand responsibility. By fasting. You know? And go to the mountain of the Amorites, Lord. The mountain of the Amorites, is, it means that go and face your wildest fears. Now, in the process of this fasting, the things that we fear, we are going to overcome them. Does somebody believe it? Are you sure? Then you got to shout me believing, amen. Yeah. You are not the only one fasting. Some of us are still fasting, amen. So please, shout me believing, amen. <laughs> and, and look at that. He said, and unto all the places near thereunto. And then he began to say, in the plain, in the hills, in the valley, in the south, and by the seaside. All the places that they thought they couldn't go because the enemies had invaded there. He said, all those places, he said, and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites, even unto Lebanon, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Verse number 8 says that, behold, somebody say behold. Until you decide to be not complacent with where you are, this word of behold, I have set the land before you can ever come. You know, he said, behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give unto them. 
and to their seed after them. And I spoke unto you at that time, saying, I am not able to bear you alone. Now, this was Moses speaking. Now, jump to chapter 2 and verse number 24. Now, the Lord has spoken. He had given them direction. He said that he has set the land before them. They should go in and possess it. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse number 24, he said, rise up. Take charge. Rise up means take charge. Take charge. That is why this fasting, as we are fasting, do everything you can to be part of it. Don't let food tempt you. You have been eating since you were born. For this eight days, let food also rest. Hallelujah. And rest your stomach. Hallelujah. Now, rise ye up. I've seen people fasted in this house. I'm talking about this house. And then stomach also vanished. You see, the devil, the devil is very cunning. The day you start the fasting, that is when the devil begins to tell you all manner of histories that you have. But you see, when you understand spiritual principles and the things of the spirit, it comes to cure the things of the physical. Now he said, rise you up, take your journey, pass over the river Anon. Behold, the Lord said, behold, I have given into your hand Sihon, the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land. Okay, then let me go in and possess it. But he said, no. He said, but begin to possess it and contend with him in battle. That means whatever the Lord gives you, the enemy will not just let you have it like that. So he said, possess it, but continue to contend. He said, but contend with him in battle. Praise the name of Jesus. Say, everything the Lord has given me, it is mine. No devil can touch it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And that is why, ladies and gentlemen, we are engaging in these eight days. Now, so let's read the anchor scripture from 2 Kings chapter 14. Sorry, chapter 19. 2 Kings chapter 19. And then, when you start reading from verse number 1 downwards, now, um, Sennacherib has sent an army. I mean, he has sent a letter to Hezekiah. Talking to Hezekiah about the things that he's going to do to him. You know? I mean, when you when you get the opportunity, I want you to read the whole of Second Kings chapter, Second Kings chapter eighteen and Second Kings chapter nineteen, so that you understand the whole story. So Sennacherib was very very violent. He was a very powerful king. He had defeated so many people. Once Sennacherib says that I'm coming after you, you you just have to either you surrender. One day, one day, um, he wanted some people to serve him. And then the people were not ready. And then he said, the people said, so what would you have us do? He said, I want you to remove your right eyes. All the men, remove your right eyes. He was a criminal. He was a wicked man. He was undefeated, undisputed, undefeated, a knockout giant. So Sennacherib can be issues in our lives that anytime you attempt it, it flaws you. Sometimes it can be an issue in the bloodline or in the family. It keeps repeating itself. It is a kind of Sennacherib. Hallelujah. And Bible says that all of a sudden, now Sennacherib began attacking um, Hezekiah. So now, that issue probably is attempting you or pursuing you. Or sometimes, you look into it and then you go like, why am I almost repeating this issue? Now, that is a, a Sennacherib around you. Now, so look at what Bible says that um, the king did. Now, Bible says that, and it came to pass, let me start reading from verse number 1. He said, and it came to pass when King Hezekiah heard it that he rent his clothes and he covered himself with sackcloth and he went into the house of the Lord. 
in the olden times, in the Old Testament, those were some actions of fasting. When they broke themselves down. Now listen, fasting is not punishment. What fasting does is that fasting makes you become spiritually connected to the Lord to hear what the Lord says. Most of the times when we pray, the Lord speaks, but we don't hear. But what fasting does is that it resonates your frequency with the frequency of heaven. So that when heaven speaks, you can hear. So that when heaven gives direction, you can hear. That is why anytime there was an issue in the Bible, in Bible times, people entered into fasting. Esther, Esther and, his, and her people were at the point of being killed. They entered into fasting. Immediately, the Lord began to download favor onto her. And then the issues changed. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, so this is what, this is what happened. Let's keep on reading. In verse number 2. And so he sent Eliakim, which was over the household, and, and Shebna, the scribe, and the elders of the priests covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos. And verse 3 says that, And they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble, and of rebuke, and of blasphemy. Now why is that so? For the children have come to the place of birth, but there is no strength to bring forth the children. He said that it's like we have done everything at the time of harvest. Instead of us enjoying the harvest, something is coming to take the harvest. That is what he was referring to. In other words, now verse number three says that, and they said unto him, and they said unto him, okay, verse number four, the next verse quickly. It may be that the Lord your God will hear all the words of Rabshakeh, whom the king of Assyria, his master, has sent to reproach the living God and will reprove the words which the Lord thy God had heard. Wherefore, lift up thy prayer for the remnant that are left. And in the next verse, Bible says that, So the servants of Hezekiah came to Isaiah. Verse 6 says that, And Isaiah said unto them, Thus saith the Lord unto your master. Thus shall you say unto your master, Thus saith the Lord, Be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard which the servants of the king of Assyria has blasphemed me. Verse 7. Behold, I will send a blast upon him, and he shall hear a rumor. Remember, it was when they were in sackcloth, when they were waiting upon the Lord, when they were traveling in fast, that the Lord said, the issue that overcomes, listen, he said that I, the Lord, I will send a blast upon that issue. And it shall be, and he said that, and he shall hear a rumor and shall return unto his homeland, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. Something will be destroyed in our lives within these eight days in Jesus' name. Now look at the next verse. Verse number eight says that so Rabshakeh returned and found the king of Assyria. Now jump to verse number 14 because of my time. Now in verse number 14, and Hezekiah, when he had received the letter that had been sent to him of the hands of the messengers and he read it and Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Now, within these eight days, we are going to spread so many things before the Lord. Now, tomorrow, then, as I was waiting on the Lord today, the Lord told me that tomorrow it shall be um, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. There is a kind that we will have to spread before the Lord tomorrow. Okay, now that kind is the kind that does not go out except by prayer and fasting. I want you to take note of tomorrow's prayer topic before. And that kind is the kind that has been there for a very long time. It is like lunacy, you know. 
tomorrow morning I'll explain it and in the afternoon and evening I'll explain it more. But it is like something that looks like lunacy. Things that make you behave out of the normal. Praise the name of Jesus. Tomorrow we'll be spreading that before the Lord. So I'm telling you so that you start looking into your life. I'll start looking into my life. The things that usually cast us into the fire. He said that he usually cast him into the fire. He said that I brought him to your disciples. They prayed over him and then nothing happened. Things that we have prayed over for a very long time, but the thing is still there. Tomorrow we will spread it before the Lord. Yeah. Tomorrow we'll spread it before the Lord. I've prayed over, I've prayed over this over and over and over. We will spread it before the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you have something that you have prayed over for a very long time and it looks like it is still there? Sometimes it kicks you. Sometimes it overcomes you. Some, yeah, we all have. We will spread it before. These eight days, every blessed day, there is something we will be spreading before the Lord. But tomorrow, remember it. This kind, there is a kind that has been there for a very long time and all that. Amen. So when Ezekiah received the letter, Bible says that he went into, he went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And then look at his prayer. Look at the prayer that he prayed. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwell between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. And you have made the heaven and the earth. And 16 says that, and Lord, bow down your ears and hear. Open, Lord, your eyes and see and hear the words of Sennacherib, which has sent him to uh, reproach the living God. Verse 17 says that of a truth. This is where I'm interested in. You see, not that the guy was making vain promises, Connor. The things that the guy was saying that he was going to do to um, Hezekiah was real. There were evidence. He had done it before. Huh? He had overcome many, 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 many powerful kings than him. Okay? Many, 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 many powerful people than him. He had already flawed them. He said, of the truth, Lord, the king of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands. My goodness. Verse 18. And verse 18. And have cast their gods into the fire, for they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they have destroyed them. Now look at the next verse, verse 19. Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save thou us now out of his hand that all the kingdoms and of all the earth may know that you are the Lord God, even thou only. And verse 20 says that, Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, again sent to Hezekiah, said, That saith the Lord God of Israel, That which you have prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. These eight days, the Lord will hear our prayers. Do you believe it? I said these eight days, the Lord, believe, believe it, oh, I'm telling you, these eight days, the Lord will hear our prayers. Yeah. But I've been praying all along. Yes. But this time, we are specifically spreading it before the Lord. Now, and look at what the Lord said. In verse number 21 down was, quickly the Lord said that, this is the word which the Lord has spoken concerning him. The virgin, the daughter of Zion, had despised thee and loved thee to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem, whom thou hast reproached and blasphemed, and against whom you have exalted your voice and lifted up. Now verse number 23. Now he began the judgment. By, the, by thy messengers thou hast reproached the Lord, and hast said, with the multitude of your chariots, you will come up to the height of the mountains to the size of Lebanon, and will cut down the tall cedar, and all that. Verse number 24. But 
I have digged and drank strange waters with the sole of my feet. Have I dried up all the waters and besieged the places? Verse number 20, 25, quickly. As, let's give me verse number 28. Because I want us to see the judgment that the Lord said he was going to deliver unto, unto him. So in verse number 28, Because thy rage against me and thy tumult is come up in my ears, therefore I will put my hook in your nose. And my bra- this is what the Lord is going to do against that enemy, that situation. Praise the name of Jesus. Listen, if you have an idea what this fasting is going to do, I'm telling you, you will put yourself in line, hook, and sinker. Look at that. He said, and my bridle in thy lips, and I will turn thee back by the way which you came. Verse 29. 29 says that, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall eat this year. So the Lord was now giving the people sign. Now, so the people saw an impending danger. And then they went to the Lord. And then the Lord gave them a promise. But ladies and gentlemen, you see, anytime we engage on a fast or we engage on a spiritual sacrifice like this, understand that every sacrifice before the Lord will receive it, it must be on an altar. It's so very important. You see, the altar is a place of meeting between divinity and humanity. If you have ever prayed in your life before, you have an altar. Because you will not see it as a physical statue or a physical block or a physical something there. But the altar is a spiritual meeting place between man and divinity. Of course, people that consult mediums and satanists they have an altar okay now the altar is the meeting place between physical and the unseen the seen and the unseen the physical and the spiritual man and spirit it is the window also the altar is the window through which divinity views the earth okay now so when you raise an altar in your life when Bible says that the eyes of the Lord is moving to and fro upon the surface of the earth, it moves through the altars. Praise the name of Jesus. That is why the people that walk with the Lord, all of a sudden you hear that and this one raised an altar. And Jesus had an altar. When you read the book of Mark chapter 1 verse 35, Jesus had an altar. Bible says that and early in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he would depart into a solitary place and there he prayed. Jesus had an altar and because of that, he was always in tune with the things of heaven. There was never a time that Jesus came to a place and there was a problem and Jesus said, let me go and pray and fast before I come to handle it because he always had an altar which was always active. Praise the name of Jesus. The altar is supposed to always be active and the altar is supposed to always have light and fire on it. Listen, listen. We all talk about sacrifice, okay? Sometimes we even sing songs and we say, um, I'll provide the fire. I'll provide the what? He said what? He said, huh? You provide the fire, I'll provide the sacrifice. Now listen, it is good to have the sacrifice, but a sacrifice without an altar is waste. It is the altar that gives value to the sacrifice. You can have everything. The sacrifice is pure, perfect, accurate. But if the altar is not there, it cannot be received because divinity cannot receive things just anyhow. 
it must go through the protocol system of the supernatural. And the protocol system of the supernatural is that everything that is offered to the supernatural must be on an altar. Okay. So, man of God, why is it that most of the times um, I offer sacrifices or I pray or I do this and I don't see anything because sometimes the altar is broken down. Yeah. When the altar is broken down, it doesn't matter the sacrifice you put on. You have put on the sacrifice. That is why sometimes people get frustrated and they say, but I've done all these things. I'm not seeing anything. You've done them, but the altar on which you did them is broken. That is how come in the book of 1 Kings chapter 18, when, when you start reading from verse number 30, that was the anchor scripture that we read. Bible says that, Bible says that all of, uh, um, when Elijah and then the 450 prophets of Baal, Bible says, and Elijah said unto all the people, come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he said, and he repaired the altar of the Lord. That was what? Come on, that was what? So until the broken down altar is repaired, it is almost impossible for us to receive an answer. It is when the altar is repaired, you will not have to struggle. The fire will come. You see, the fire that comes upon the altar brings the glory of God. And it is a sign of approval that that sacrifice has been received. Praise the name of Jesus. So it is important that we understand that before any sacrifice can be accepted by divinity, it must be on an altar that has been repaired. So many people are working, but their altars are broken down. Yet they are sacrificing and they are not seeing anything. So they become like the prophets of Baal. They can jump, they can cut themselves, they can do everything. They are not seeing anything. Now, when the altar is broken down, it has these four implications. When we say that the altar is broken down, it means that God or who, whichever deity, of course, in our case, it is God. Okay? Now, I, I've, I've heard... Did I tell you the story of Archbishop um, Nicholas Duncan Williams? How he got his fingers bent? Yeah. You know, he was offering a sacrifice unto his spirit before he became born. I mean, this was when he was 18, 19 years old. And then, and then according to his testimony, he had offended his spirit. So when they came, they said, hey, you, what we told you to do, you didn't do it. Put your hand on the fire. So his hands, he had, he had fingers like this. He put it on a burning candle. And the thing was burning. And he couldn't remove it. Do you know why? Because he had desecrated the altar. And they couldn't forgive him. But that is not our God. Hallelujah. Somebody say, by mercy, my altars will be repaired in Jesus' name. You see, when the altar is broken down, the first implication is that he... It, it, the first implication is that God will be ineffective. The only time God can be effective is when he's able to communicate with you. Now the altar through which he communicates with you is broken down. How can he be effective in our lives? So God is talking, but the communicator, I mean the link between the communication from heaven and us is broken. So God, it becomes as though God is ineffective. Please, you understand it. Look at Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse number 15, all the way to 19. He said, and 
And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Why? Because your hands are full of blood. The altar is broken down. When the altar is broken down, it doesn't matter how much prayers you pray. He said that, wash you. Now he's going to tell us how. He said, wash you, make you clean. Put away evil from, from your doings, from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Verse 17. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead the cause of the widow. Verse 18. And come now and let us reason together. Now, when the altar is repaired, anything that you do, look at that. He said, and then, though your sins be as red as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And verse 19 says that, and if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Is it not powerful? When the altar is repaired, we eat the good of the land. Remember, he didn't say that. <laughs> when we say you are eating something, it means that it is already prepared. You don't struggle for it. Hallelujah. Say in the name of Jesus, my altars will be repaired. Now, when your altar is broken down, the second implication is that the priests of that altar are no longer active. So you realize that, and you are the priest of your altar, by the way. You realize that all of a sudden your relationship with the Lord will now begin to drift afar. You know, it's like you are not feeling the joy of the Lord again. You feel like the, the Lord is so far away from you. You feel like uh, when I pray, I don't connect. It doesn't click. You feel like I'm praying, it doesn't click. You are worshiping, but you feel like it doesn't click. It means that the altar is broken down. So your priestly role is being ineffective. Praise the name of Jesus. Remember, Bible says in the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 15 and verse number 3 and 3 all the way to 6. 2 Chronicles chapter 15, reading from verse number 3 all the way to 6. He says that, now for a long season, Israel had been without a true God. Why were they without a true God? Because there was no altar. And because of that, Bible says that there were no teaching priests. So what happened in verse number 5? There was no Bible says, and in those times, there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexation, trouble was upon all the inhabitants of the countries. Verse 6 says that nation was destroyed of nation and city of city, for God did vex them. Because the altar of communication upon which the Lord gave direction, Dufier, was no more there. That will not be our story in Jesus' name. So, number three, when the altar is broken down, and this is so painful. The sacrifices put on it cannot be accepted because it is the altar that gives value to the sacrifice. This is the reason why Cain's sacrifice was not accepted. Okay? When the altar is broken down, the sacrifice on it is unacceptable. Now, the Lord said unto Saul, he said, obedience is better than sacrifice. It means that you can sacrifice anything, but if the altar is broken down, the thing that you put on is unacceptable. One day, one day, in the book of Leviticus chapter 10, okay? Now, there were these two sons of Aaron. Leviticus chapter... Should, do you want me to say what I said again? Oh, you got it. I said that when the altar is broken down, the sacrifices put on it cannot be accepted because it is the altar that gives value. It gives credence 
to the sacrifice. The sacrifice can be good, but if the altar is broken down, okay, that is why as we are fasting, the fasting itself is a sacrifice, but it must be upon the altar that is repaired. That is why day number one, I'm talking about this. And the Lord told me, the Lord began to speak to me about this. Because the Lord said, many altars of my people need to be realigned. Hallelujah. Yeah. Our hearts need to be realigned with the Lord. Our relationship needs to be realigned with the Lord. Our communication needs to be aligned. The frequency needs to be aligned with the Lord. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 to 8, when you read it, Bible says that in the process of time, it came to pass that Abel, present in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Remember it was unto the Lord. It wasn't unto man. And then Bible said that and Abel also, he also brought the first firstlings of his flock and of the father of. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and his offering, the Lord had no respect. Why? Because the altar upon which the two of them presented, one was broken, one was okay. And the Lord said, look at verse number 6. And the Lord said unto Cain, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? Verse 7. If you did that which is good, would you not have been accepted? If you had repaired the altar and you presented the sacrifice upon it, would it not have been accepted? Hallelujah. And then he said that because you didn't do that, be careful because sin is lying at your doorstep. Let me explain that statement to you. Now, that statement means that every sacrifice that you sacrifice, somebody got to take it. If you sacrifice unto the Lord and it is upon a good altar, a repaired altar, the Lord receives it. If you sacrifice it and it is upon a wrong altar, some, something somewhere can just come and then receive it. Do you understand? And when they receive it, they begin to pump into you what they want you to do. When God receives our sacrifice, he begins to download unto us what we need. If a demon receives sacrifice, that is why sometimes people do um, 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 whatever, does all manner of sacrifices to the Lord, but at the end of the day, it's like the moment they finish, they begin to jeer towards another direction in life because something else took it. Praise the name of Jesus. Number four, what or what, when the altar is broken down, number four, the fire that brings revival, which leads to recovery, cannot come down. No, it cannot come down. Amen. You remember the story that we read, in, I mean, from our dominion scripture, you know. Bible says that when the altar was broken down, the fire could not come. So the first thing that Elijah did was that he repaired the altar. It is the fire that brings revival. When the fire falls upon the sacrifice, which is an indication of your sacrifice being acceptable before the Lord, then it provokes the fire of the Lord. And the fire of the Lord comes to consume our somewayness. And it brings revival. All the things that stop our advancement, the fire comes to consume it. And all of a sudden, we begin to see revival in our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, there is revival coming in Jesus' name. After these eight days, there will be a major wind of revival in our personal lives. 
in our family lives, in our congregational lives, even in the area where you are and at the places where you work, there will be revival there in Jesus' name. Revival will not come there because of the place, but it will come there because of you. Because you are carrying the fire there. Hallelujah. When you carry fire, when you are, uh, when, the, listen, when, uh, uh, um, unfortunately, a house is on fire, everybody around, they evacuate them. And now they put in place measures around that, that house that is on fire so that it doesn't spread. Because the thing is that if that house that is on fire is not contained, it will spread. When you appear at a place and the revival fire is on you, it is transferable. And that is what is going to happen in our workplaces in Jesus' name. Because after these eight days, after these eight days, so how do we repair the altar? And then we'll begin to pray. By the way, the two things that destroy the altar of the Lord is idol worshiping. Yeah. And the prophets of Baal. And I'm going to explain them. And I'm taking all these from the book of First Kings chapter 18. How did the altar of the Lord get destroyed? By idol worshiping and by the prophets of Baal. Now, when we talk about, we talk of idol worshiping, we are talking about things that we use to replace God. Yeah. Many believers have replaced their time with God with their time with games. Many believers have replaced their time with God with their time in looking for dollars. It is not bad to look for money, but when it takes the time of your relationship, personal relationship with God, to the point that you can now even pray, you cannot even read your word. You got to check it. Because it is gradually still, sometimes it is a certain association. It is a certain relationship. Sometimes it is technology. Anything that steals that quality time that you could have spent with the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, it is idol worshiping. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. So, idol worshiping or Baal worshiping, anything that replaces or takes the place of God. When you come to the place of making God an option or an alternative, you come to the place of saying that, well, if I get time, I'll pray. If I get time, I'll study my word. If I get time, I'll fellowship. If I get time, I'll do this. Why don't you say that because of my fellowship with the Lord, I will not get time for this? Yeah. You see, because you can have any side of the two coins. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, and then, of course, when we talk about the prophets of Baal, the prophets of Baal represent perpetual and habitual living in sin. By the time we say that somebody is a prophet in something, it means that he has been established in it. When you come to the place of loving sin and evil, Luke chapter 15 and verse number 17 about the prodigal son. Luke chapter 15 and verse number 17. Bible says when he came to himself. At every point in time in the life of a believer, we got to come to ourselves. You see, you must come to the place of saying that, Lord, no, no more. Somebody say no more. Hallelujah. And it is only when you come to that place that the Lord gives you the grace to overcome it. Hallelujah. So, how do we prepare, oh, sorry, how do we repair the broken down altar? 
Number one, by selflessness. By selflessness. Remember when the prophet came? Now let's go to 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse number 31. Quickly, by selflessness. You see, you will repair the altar when you come to the understanding that you are not living for yourself. Yeah. Many people think they live for themselves. But you are the reason why many other people are surviving. Sometimes the day you go down the drain, you see, that is why we got to be very careful. When you go down the drain, it is not just about you. Sometimes you are the eyepiece of the Lord in that family, in that place. So when you fail, it is not only you. There are many, many destinies that are connected to you. Sometimes when you disappoint, it is not only you. Hallelujah. I, 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 I keep on asking myself, if at the end of the day, David, uh, uh, Joseph had failed in all the places that the Lord made him pass, if he had failed in the hands of his brothers, if he had failed in the hands of Potiphar, if he had failed in the hands of Mrs. Potiphar, if he had failed at the prison, what would have happened to his family? The whole nation would have, would have been extinct. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, so the first thing that Elijah did was that when Elijah wanted to build the altar, Bible says he took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob. He was, he was so conscious of the fact that it was not just about him. It was not just about him. It was about the tribe of Israel. It was about the destiny of the whole nation. If it was only Elijah, by the time he came here, Germany, it was raven that was feeding him. The Lord was supernaturally providing for him. He didn't need any physical provision. But the reason why he came to repair the broken altar was because it was not just about him. It was about the land that was in drought. And Bible says that he took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob unto whom the word of the Lord came saying Israel shall be thy name and verse number 32 says that and with the stones he built an altar yeah anytime brothers and sisters you want to repair the altar understand that you got to come out of selfishness you always have to think about the bigger picture sometimes we take decisions for our parochial interest what will satisfy me now? But what about the other people? What about others that are depending on you? Anytime you are taking a decision or doing anything, and brothers and sisters, to all of us, always remember the consequences that go beyond you to the other people that are depending on you, to the other people that are benefiting. You are the top. If you are shut, there will not be people at the other side drinking. Some of, listen, some of us are the socket. The day the socket is blown, how do we connect to the main source? Say, Lord, help me to undo selfishness in my life. Number two, we repair the altar by secondly acknowledging the source. Now, Bible says that, look at that. He said, and he made, a, now, and with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. He, re he realized and acknowledged his source of strength, his source of vitality, his source of information. 
Sometimes we can easily be drawn into thinking that what I am doing or what I have, I am very smart. Uh, boy, I'm very smart. You know, yeah, I'm very, very smart. The day you come to that place, you have cut off the source of your, of, of your supply and provision and your security. And at that time, your altar is broken down. When every day you wake up or every time you are undertaking anything, you come to the place of saying, Lord, Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 10, he said that, the, he said, he said that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The name of the Lord. You, you, you acknowledge your source of provision and then you come to the place of knowing that in him we live and move and have our being. When you are conscious of this, every step that you take, you always acknowledge God. Praise the name of Jesus. You wake up in the morning, you acknowledge the Lord. Boy, I wake up in the morning, the first thing I say is, good morning, Holy Spirit. Every morning, when I wake up, I say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Amen. Every morning, because he's the reason why I am. Brothers and sisters, if not for the Lord, you would have been swallowed. Psalm 124. Look at Psalm 124. He said, from reading from verse number 1, Psalm 124, if it had not been for the Lord, Baker, who was on our side? Let, let us say. Let us say. Do you know the many arrows that came with your address? <laughs> and sometimes, Charles, because the Lord is, you see, do you know that there are many letters that were addressed to you, but it didn't come into your inbox? Oh, yes. Amen. Have you received a letter that was wrongly addressed, but that found itself in your inbox before? Have you? Yeah, sometimes you saw a name, but the address maybe was somewhere, but they brought it. That is how you two, some letters of yours have gone somewhere. In the same way, there are many, many, many letters that were coming from the camp of the enemy. Joseph, Joseph in something, something. Address this, that, that, that. And it was deflected. But we didn't see it. We didn't see it. And sometimes because we didn't see it, we don't know the gravity of the issue that would have come to us. And anytime, brothers and sisters, we acknowledge the source of our provision, what we are doing is that we keep the flow. We keep the flow. We keep the flow. We keep the flow. Whether it is the flow of protection, whether it is the flow of provision, whether it is the flow of whatever. And I pray in the name of Jesus. After these eight days, may the flow be constant in Jesus' name. Praise the name of Jesus. Not acknowledging our source brings a blockage to the tube. The tube that is connected to our source all of a sudden is blocked. Number three, how do we repair the altar? Number three, by making sacrificial decisions. He was about to, can you give me the next statement in 34, 33, 30, um, 33. Now, First uh, Kings chapter 18 and then verse number 32 and 33. Now look at that, what he did. Bible says that, and then he told them, he said, at this point in time, it was drought, First Kings 18. And let's go to 32. And with the stones, he built an altar and made a trench about the altar as great as could contain two measures of seed. Verse 33 says that, and he put the wood in order. Of course, that would be my last point. And then cut the bullock in pieces and laid him in on the wood and said, fill four barrels with water and pour it on the bent sacrifice. 
for the, for the altar to be repaired, we got to be very sacrificial in life. Praise the name of Jesus. Say me a believing amen. The Lord, when he wanted to save man, he made the greatest sacrifice that he could ever have made. That was giving Jesus to die on that cross. Anytime a sacrificial decision comes into your mind one day, Jacob, uh, David said, I am dwelling in a beautiful house. How come the house of the Lord, I mean, how come the ark of the testimony is dwelling in tents? I'm going to build the Lord a house. And then the Lord came and said, in as much, Desiree, he said, in as much as it is in your heart to do it for me, I have already accepted it. You see, sometimes sacrificial decisions may not necessarily be what you have done, but what is in your heart. Yeah. You know, one day the prophet went in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 16 to go and anoint a king. And then Bible said that when he got there, he started looking at what was being done physically. And the Lord said, mm -mm -mm, not what you see, but what is in the heart. Most of the times, our sacrificial decisions in the heart is what provokes God to bring the fire down. Hallelujah. So you make sacrificial decisions. You decide that from today, this thing is going to cost me, but I am still going to do it. It may cost my feelings. It may cost my emotions. It may cost my judgment, but I'm going to stand by it. And Bible says that, now give me the book of Daniel chapter 1 and verse number 8. Here was Daniel and his friends and then they had come to a place they had taken them into captivity and in the captivity they were supposed to be fed with the food that had been offered unto idols. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not he purposed were in his heart he made a sacrificial decision in his heart. I'm not going to do this. No, I won't. I won't. I won't. And he was intentional and purposeful. So look at what God did. Bible said that he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Verse number 10. Now, give me verse number 10 because of my time. And the prince of the eunuchs was afraid. Who uh, uh, He said, I cannot do that. Because when you get a time, read all. But the, the story is that when he had asked them to give them food, I mean, the king had apportioned food that had been offered unto idols to them, but they purposed in themselves. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel, they purposed in themselves that they were not going to do that. It was an intentional decision. Now look at what happened, verse number 12. At the end of 10 days, prove your servants, I beseech thee, 10 days, and let them give us pulls, veggies, and water to drink. Now look at verse number 13. And let our countenances be looked upon between us and then the children that eat the king's meat. Verse 14. So he consented with them on the, on the matter for 10 days. Verse number 15. And at the end of 10 days, their countenances appeared fairer, fatter in flesh than all the children which the Lord, which did eat the portion of the king's meat. And 16 says that, then he took away their portion and, and the wine that they were supposed to drink and gave them pause. Verse 17. Now, as for these four, you see, when you take a sacrificial decision for the Lord and brothers and sisters, you decide to stake for the Lord. Look at what happened. God gave them God gave them. 
there is more that the Lord wants to give to us. But it is dependent on our ability to make sacrificial decisions for the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. And then finally, finally, how do we repair the broken down altar? By putting the wood in order. By putting the wood in order. And the wood represents our life and our decisions. Hallelujah. When we put our life in order. When we put our decisions in order. It means subjecting our passion to the dictates of the spirit. Galatians chapter 5. And let's read from verse number 24. Galatians chapter 5. Sorry, from verse number 22. To 20, 25. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, and then meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And then look at the next verse. He says that, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. Hallelujah. They have done what? They have crucified the flesh with the affections and the last thereof. And verse number 25, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. How many of us want to build an altar or repair the broken down altar? Listen, I don't want us to run through these eight days and then it will be the same thing. No. That is why we are repairing the altar on day number one. Because Bible says that if the foundation is destroyed, what shall the righteous do? In Psalm 66 and verse number 18, he said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Praise the name of Jesus. There are certain things in our lives we got to shed them off. We got to intentionally say that, Lord, I want to flip this over. Hallelujah. Do you have something like that? Yeah, I have. I have. I have something like that. I have things like that. I, 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 I want to say that, Lord, in the name of Jesus, every broken down altar, any altar, sometimes it is time that we don't spend with the Lord. Yeah. Sometimes we are engrossed with so many activities that even when God wants us to do things, we can't even hear. We are so much passionate about, about, about pushing the things of God. We don't have time for God who, whose things we are pushing. Isn't it not powerful? Yeah. But I want us to pray today. Can you be on your feet? We want to pray that Lord, let every broken down altar be repaired. Let can I have the prayers I, I requested for them, right? Please let me have them. We want to pray. We want to pray for just 10 minutes and then we'll be out of here. 10 minutes. And I want us to pray with our can I have the prayers that we prayed? Yeah. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But I want you to lift up your voice and then. We want to pray and say, Father, thank you for the opportunity. Now, the first prayer is on the board, right? Now, the first prayer is that, Father of all grace, thank you for the privilege of waiting upon you in fasting these eight days. You have called us into it. And because you have called us into it, you are going to change our current levels in life. Please endure us with the grace to fully participate in it throughout. Now, I want you to lift up your, your voice and begin to thank God for the privilege to thank God for the privilege that he has given us in these eight days. Because at the end of these eight days, there is surely going to be a testimony. There is surely going to be a visitation. There is surely going to be a change of level. The Lord said, you have long dwelt in this court. You have long dwelt in this land. 
you have long dwelt in this place lift up your voice in the blessed and mighty name of jesus father of all grace thank you for the privilege of waiting upon you in fasting the prayer is on the board these eight days you call us into it because you want to change our levels and lord we pray in the name of jesus please endure us with the grace to fully participate in it online in-house lift up your voice and pray it that the lord will give us the grace to go through in the mighty name of jesus Man kada bara bara sabat talaba ya bara do santana maya ye bara no si ataban talaba sandalia ye bara do santali ataba ye bara do santere bara sabat ya ban talaba santalia mahande de bara bara santalaba ya ya bara do santalia kapa la bara do si atalaba mahande de bara bara sabat man talaba si atalia ya bara do santalaba ya ya bara do si atalaba ya ye bara do si ataba Lift up your voice, somebody. Mantadabaya, Kebrado Shantalabaya, Yabrado Siantalaba, Yabrado Sandalia, Mahanda de Basandalia, Yabrado Shantalabaya, Yabrado Siantaba Talaba, Yabrado Sandalia, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the privilege of enduring through these eight days in waiting upon you, O Lord, for a change of level, for a change of situation, for a change of position. Prayer number three. Put prayer number three on the board for me. Labrado Now I want you to go on to the next prayer. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we plead by your mercies. Please let every broken down altar in our lives, in our families, in our homes be repaired in order for every sacrifice upon it to be received by heaven lift up your voice and pray prayer number three father in the mighty name of jesus replete by your message let every broken down altar be repaired in the mighty name of jesus family altars individual altars church altars national altars vicinity altars altars that have been broken down Father in the mighty name of Jesus, we plead by your mercies. Please let every broken down altar in our lives and our families, our homes, our ministries, our churches, our nation, our vicinities, let them be repaired in order for every sacrifice upon it to be received by heaven in the mighty name of Jesus. Lift up your voice in prayer. Let every broken down altar be repaired 
by the mercies of the Lord in the name of Jesus in order for every sacrifice upon it to receive acknowledgement from heaven to crucify my flesh daily, to crucify the last of my flesh, to crucify every aspect of myself in the mighty name of Jesus in order for your revival fire to descend upon me, to make me a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you in the name of Jesus, eternal Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, please help me to crucify my flesh daily and its lust that your revival fire will descend upon me to make me a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto you the last of the eye, the last of the flesh, the pride of life, in the mighty name of Jesus. Now lift up your voice and pray, Heavenly Father, please satisfy our desires according to your will as we engage in this fast. Let no participant remain the same and change our stories, Lord. Change our stories, Father. Change our stories, change our situations, change our circumstances as a result of the revealing of your fire upon our repair altars. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voice, somebody. Online, our stories must change. Our stories must change. In accordance with the will of God for our lives, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus, please satisfy our desires speedily according to your will as we engage in this fast. Please let no participant remain the same. Change our stories, change our dispositions, change our situations, change our current situations. Our desire to work more with you, our desire to love you, our desires to love you more. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now I want you to begin to pray and ask God for grace for day number two, which is tomorrow. Ask the Lord to give you grace. Ask the Lord to give us grace. 
our online family members, all those that are connected from Africa, connected from Europe, connected from Af um, from Canada, connected from America. Can you lift up your voice? We are praying for grace for day number two, which is tomorrow and for the rest of the days in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask for special grace. Lift up your voice and pray the same tenacity with prayer in the name of Jesus. Asking heaven for grace. Asking heaven for grace. Grace for the rest of the days. Seven more days to go. Asking for special grace in the blessed and mighty name of Jesus. Can you lift up your hand to the heaven? And I want you to say these words with me. It is our confession that we are making. Every day we will make some confession. Say, Eternal Father. Eternal Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. I come before you. I come before you. Humbling myself. Humbling myself. And asking. And asking. By your mercies. By your mercies. That every broken down altar. That every broken down altar. My prayer altar. My prayer altar. My quiet time altar. My quiet time altar. My relationship altar with you. My relationship altar Every with altar. You. Every altar of mine, of mine that is broken down, that is broken down or, defiled, or defiled, Lord, Lord, by your mercies, by your mercies, restore, restore and repair. And repair. I declare, I declare that from today, that from today, my altars, my altars are repaired, are repaired, and they are restored. And they are Come restored. on, is somebody happy? Amen. Listen, as you say amen. it, it is so. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. My altars are repaired. My altars are repaired. Come on, somebody say it. I begin to make declarations and celebrate. Our altars are repaired. Our altars are repaired. Our altars are repaired. Selfishness is broken. Selfishness is broken. In the name of Jesus Christ, all things that destroy self, all things that destroy altars are broken in the mighty name of Jesus. I want to pray, Father. In the blessed and mighty name of Jesus. Today, you told us that it shall be our day of foundational repairs. And Lord, the foundations have been repaired. Now open the eyes of your people. Open the ears of your people. Within these eight days, let somebody receive an express word from you. Let somebody receive an encounter. Now listen. When you are sleeping, I want you to keep a notepad or a book by your side. Now, the Lord is going to meet people in dreams. Yeah. And when, listen, and, and, and in visions, in dreams and visions specifically, the Lord is going to open many, many things. And within these eight days, whatever dream that you dream, don't assume that it is just a mere dream. Take it seriously. Because the Lord is going to speak to us. And when you dream, write it down so that you can run with it. Praise the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for day number one and we thank you for tonight. And we ask, oh Lord, that whatsoever we need in order for our altars to, be re to remain repaired and to remain clean and to remain built, let it be delivered. In Jesus' blessed and mighty name. Let somebody shout me a believing amen. Give a clap unto the Lord. Let's take our seats.
Remember, tomorrow we are going to deal with this kind. Amen. So, this kind, anything that has always been flipping you, write it as this kind. And we will deal with it tomorrow. The prayer line will be active 3 a.m., 12 p.m., and then 7 p.m. Praise the name of Jesus. All right. If you brought an offering unto the Lord, I want you to joyfully lift it up unto the Lord. Your tithe, your offering. As the Lord has blessed you and laid on your heart. Please lift it up. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Receive our blessed offering and let the harvest be guaranteed. Jesus, blessed and mighty name. You can use any of the portals on the board, whether tightly or PayPal, or you want to give cash, or you want to give check, or you want to do with a card, you can go back there and then do it joyfully to the glory of the Lord. Amen. And then we will be taking our communion officially. And so as the first group is doing the um, offering, the next group will be doing the dissemination of the communion. Praise the name of Jesus. All right. And I want you to grab it quickly. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Your sleep will be very sweet. Yeah. Be very sensitive these eight days. Let it be eight days of supernatural sensitivity. Very highly sensitive. Because some of you, the thing that you must do in life, the Lord is going to show it to you. Can you pray over the communion and say that, Lord, as I take this communion, may I not forget my dreams. Yeah. yeah. Any attack against our dreams as we partake in the communion today, it is aborted in Jesus' name. We will remember our dreams. We will remember our visions. We will remember encounters that we will have. In the name of Jesus. Please lift up the bread. Father, we thank you for the bread. It was bread. But when Jesus blessed it, and he broke it. He didn't call it bread again. He said, it is my body. And then when he blessed the cup, he didn't call it drink. He said, it is my blood. We receive it as the express body and the blood of Christ. Now I want you to break the bread. We receive it as the body. Father, we speak over it. Jesus, blessed and mighty name. Let's get it together. before we'll be on our feet if today is your first time worshiping with us we want to celebrate you is today your first time can I see can I can I shake hands with you is it okay okay Holy Hill Chapel Tennessee let's appreciate this beautiful lady hallelujah that the Lord brought our way today what's your name my name is Patricia 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 hallelujah is it not beautiful that day number one, the Lord brought Patricia. Patricia, you came with who? Sheila. With Sheila. Wow, Sheila, God bless you, amen. Let's, let's pray for Patricia. Father, we thank you for the life of your daughter. We ask that the reason why you brought her here tonight, let it be accomplished in Jesus' name. We ask your grace in this house to follow your daughter. 
And Lord, let testimonies, miracles, signs, and wonders be a portion. Jesus, blessed and mighty name. Amen. Please, Patricia, after service, I'll speak with you, okay? God bless you. Shall we be on our feet? Now, remember to go on the podcast and then listen. Now, we will try. Of course, every, 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 every morning, we send out the recorded version of the prayer line so that we can flow along. And then, of course, the prayers. Now, if you are not on the church platform or you are not connected to any of the portals that you receive, um, the topics, please get in touch with any of the leaders here and then that will be sorted out because we want to always flow in the same direction so that we can be able to attack and then recover everything. Amen. The Lord bless you. Say amen. The Lord keep you. The Lord empower and strengthen you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord give you his peace. The road network from here to your home is safe. Your night is sweet. And the Lord will give you restoration. Above all, everything that must be yours, which has been denied you, it will come in good measure. Pressed down, shaking together, running over. In Jesus' blessed and mighty name. Let's share the grace of God together. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us now and forevermore. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. With long life, full of prosperity and sound health, shall you satisfy me and my household all the days of our lives. Amen.